Alright, this is Sharky's Talk. This is the very first episode. It's called Introduc it's the introduction. So here we go. My name here we go. My name is Eric Stone. And I am a music reviewer. I started about about three and a half, four years ago. Um, writing reviews for local bands, um, and how it started is, like I said, this is just an introduction, so bear with me, because I hadn't done one of these in a while, um, I'm wanting to, uh, eventually get local artists and, uh, big name artists on my podcast, and hopefully do visual too, instead of just audio, but... For now, we got to start somewhere. I'm drinking some cold whiskey and Coke. But how it started is about when I was about 29, I was going through a part in my life where it just sucked. Uh, and I don't want to get too negative, but this is how this all started. Um, I was going... Trying to figure out what I wanted to do in my life. My um, my name is Eric Stone. Like I said before, I'm a music writer. I take I write reviews for all the shows I see. Um, I write reviews. I write album reviews. I write take still shots. I take videos of the bands I see, but. What happened was, when I, I'm 34 now, so about 29, in between 29 and turning 30, I was at this point in my life where I didn't know what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, it was, I grew up in a family that had a business from the 1930s. And it just wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, was work in, the, work in an office building. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. But that's just something I didn't want to do for the rest of my life. And I was going through religion questions. I'm very religious. I'm very open-minded as well. So, you know, I don't try to judge people, whether you're transgender bisexual pansexual you believe agnostically you're a, a devil worshiper ag or atheist catholic baptist pentecostal whatever as long as you're good to me i'm good to you you know uh maybe not the devil worshiping i don't believe in that but uh everything else you know you know uh I don't care. I said, if you're good to me, I'm good to you. So, but anyways, what started it was when I was two years old, I know I'm going back and forth, but when I was two years old, uh, but when I was born, I had a stroke and it, I had, or when I was born, I had a missing valve. They did some surgeries to fix that called, it was called a, 
photon, not a photon. Oh, I can't remember what they call that. Anyway, I have to look it up. Anyways, when I went in to do one of the surgeries to fix the valve that was missing, um, I had a stroke. My heartbeat went to like 285, something like that. I had a stroke, so I had to relearn to walk, talk, everything, you know. Feed myself, whatever it was I was doing. At two years old, I had to relearn how to do. But, like I said, and I was in a family where they just didn't really give me a lot of support at the time. Because they just didn't. I don't know. I'm not blaming anybody. But they just, because I was different. I didn't like sports. I still don't care for sports. All I wanted to do was listen to music, you know. I never knew it would go as far as it's gone now. Which I will get into, you know, later on in the podcast. But, like I said before, I had the stroke. And, like I said, I listened to, I've listened to music since I was a kid, you know. My mom tells a story all the time about me uh, singing along to uh, Mustang Sally on Barney. You know, I'm a late 80s kid, so my parents... Didn't didn't listen to a lot of music, but when they did, it was uh, late 80s and early 90s country. George Strait, Toby Keith, Trace Atkinson, Rick Trevino, whatever was on the radio at that time. Kenny Chesney, Mark Chesnut, um, Brooks and Dunn, Garth Brooks, all that 90, early 90s stuff. And then when I was... Mm, 11, 12 years old, my sister started listening to the pop music, which would have been around like 1999, 98, 97, somewhere around in there. And it was like, and then I started listening to NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Ava Levine, um, 98 Degrees, all that good pop, or uh, that early, late 90s, early 2000s pop. And then a buddy of mine asked me if I've ever heard of NWA. And I said, what is NWA? And he said, it's niggas with attitude. And I don't only say that because that's the name of the group. Um, like I said, I listen to rap, hip hop, country, rock, classic rock, Americana, pop. Opera, blues, bluegrass. I mean, I listen to everything. Funk music, old time music, uh, whatever. Just, you know, I listen to like a variety. So, that being said, I'm going to get back to the story. Like I said, I'm going to... Um, this will all wrap up eventually in this podcast. But anyways... So, I had the stroke, and then, like I said, uh, which, uh, I walked with a lamp on my right side, affected the right side of my body. My, uh, fist balls up into a curl, and I walked with a lamp, and it took a long time to really be happy with what God made me. You know, it took me a long time to figure out who I was, and like I said, I'm going to get into that a little bit later. Maybe not this podcast. I don't know. But anyways, back to the mental hospital. Or what I was talking about. 
Um, so, about 29, I started feeling really anxious. And I more anxious than I did normally. Like, if there was a rain cloud in the sky, I thought there was going to be a tornado. If, you know, I was driving somewhere, I thought I was going to crash and I was going to die. You know, you know, just different things were bothering the hell out of me. And I didn't like it, so I went to the doctor... And uh, he put me on Lexapro and Ambien. Well, I didn't know that Ambien causes suicidal thoughts because what what all this started was is one night I was watching a crime documentary or something on suicide or something, and it's never bothered me before, you know, and um, and. If you're feeling suicidal, there is help. Call me, message me on my Facebook, Eric Stone, or Beyond Obsessed, which is my Facebook post, or my music Facebook page. Um, I'll send you a link down here, or if I can, I don't know. But like I said, call somebody, because there is help. But anyways, and that's what I'm going to go into. Um, like I said, I was... Watch this, and it never, like I said, never bothered me. Never did. Never. And, um, for some odd reason, it bothered me that, that night or whenever it was. And this is, but like I said, when I was about 29 and I'm 34 now. Yeah, I just turned 34 back in September. And so, uh, I went to the doctor said, I feel anxious. I need something to uh, to calm me down and this and that. I said, I'm having a little bit of suicidal thoughts. And they weren't bad. You know, it was just kind of in the back of my mind. But it wasn't bad at that point. Well, so, doctor describes me Lexapro and Ambien. And, um, so... I take the and uh, take the lecture pro take both and Ambien, like I was supposed to, but I didn't know that Ambien, one of the side effects of Ambien was suicidal thoughts. Well, it put it into overdrive the suicidal thoughts, and I mean I just went nuts, man, and just that's all I thought about, you know, and I finally told my mother, so I gotta go to the mental hospital or something. She's like, you're just talking out of your head. You, you know, it'll, it'll pass. I'm like, no, this is different. You know, and finally, about a week or two of dealing with this, I finally uh, said, told my mom, I said, I've got to do something. Because I was staying at her house. You know, I was, that's all I thought was about suicide. I never attempted it, but, you know, it was there on my mind. So I went to the mental hospital. And they said you can do two things. You can go home and um, forget about it, or you can go to a mental hospital. I said, well, let's go to the mental hospital, because I said, I got to do something. So I go to the mental hospital, and about the third day there, we had to do like group therapy and all that other stuff, which I recommend. I know it sounds really like coming from a man, you know, where I don't really want to talk about my feelings, but it does help. And like, 
I didn't want to talk about it at first, but then it got easier as time went on. But about the third day I was there, I went to St. Mary's in Russellville, Arkansas, and it did wonders. Um, because enough, cause what happened was I was trying to find a church that was going to be good for me, you know, and, and this was all on God's doing. This is how good God is. You know, you're going to have to go through some trials and tribulations and hardships. But if you pray to him, whatever you ask, he will, God willing, will provide, you know. Um, but you got to work at it, too. Because I said, I mean, I don't, I'm, this is not exactly what I said, but I said, God, I need to find a church that I need to go to. I said, I want to be a songwriter, but I don't know how to do it. I want to write songs. Because that's all I did. That was my two hobbies. Uh, was listen to music, read, or a few of my hobbies. Was listen to music, write about music. Or uh, I wanted to write. Not then I didn't write. But uh, learning about music, like biographies from different artists. Um, and stand-up comedy, movies. You know, that I wasn't into sports, like I said before. So, I, um, I said, I think this is the right path for me. I don't know. Just help me out. You know, do, what, do your will, God. You know, pretty much. And like I said, the next thing I know was in the mental hospital. But I was talking to a buddy of mine named Brandon Sims. And he's like, well, have you wrote a song yet? I was like, dude, I've tried since I was 15 years old. I can't write a song. Yeah, you can. It's like, dude, I don't even know what to write about. He goes, well, write what you've been going through the last couple months. You know, I was like, okay, you know. But what happened was when we would have these group therapy sessions, we would have to go around and tell the whole group why we were in the mental hospital. And like I said, it it sucked at first because I hate it. I want to hear it because I want to think about killing myself, you know. You know, it was not good, you know. And but like I said, if there's help, I mean, there is help, sorry. There is help, so talk to somebody. Somebody will help. I will help. Um, message me over Facebook. I don't mind to talk to you. Because, uh, so anyways, but there was a girl that was going through her own issues and she had, you know, the bad part, I wish I would have gotten her name or remembered her name or something. But I was so screwed up in the head because I couldn't even tell you if I ran into her, you know, somewhere down the road. I couldn't even tell you what she looked like, uh, what her name was or anything. But her story caught me. It was that her mother made her do drugs since she was like 10 years old. Like, man, that's just a fucked up situation right there, you know. And, you know, and so I took her, uh, her part of the story or what she was telling everybody, you know, um, and combined it with what I'd been going through that last month or two or whatever it was. And it it uh, wrote my first song called uh, A Beautiful Soul. I think I'm going to turn it into a rap song. I don't have any music to it, but it just feels like a rap song. Like I said, I'm in my big five biggest influences, I would say, would be Cross Canadian Ragweed, 
Eminem, Slim Shady S. I write a lot of country songs, but Eminem is my favorite um, lyricist, and that's where I get a lot of my inspiration from. I call it wordplay. Um, Graham Parsons, if you don't know Graham Parsons, look him up. He is badass. He only lived to be 26. Um, he died of a tequila and heroin overdose in 73. He was the first guy to ever combine uh, country music and rock and roll till it was, you know, country rock, which he hated that term. He called it cosmic American music is what he calls it. Because I just want country and rock that he mixed. He mixed bluegrass, gospel, uh, blues. You know, he mixed a lot of different, to this stuff called cosmic American music. I said, Grant Parsons, look him up. Uh, he started, started er, his first band was the International Submarine Band. They made one album back in 68 or 67. I can't remember. And then he was in The Birds in 68. It might have been 67 then. Because I think he was in The Birds for about a year. In 60, 68. And he did a album with them called Sweetheart of the Rodeo. Check that out. It's with The Birds. It's more on the countryside. Um, and then he did uh, was in another band called... The Flam Burrito Brothers, which had Chris Hillman from the Birds in it, and Gene Clark and Bernie Ledden, which was eventually a member of the Eagles. And I've always said, go back and uh, study your history of music, and if it was not for Grand Parsons. You would not have the Eagles. Look up Graham Parsons, Flying Burrito Brothers, um, International Submarine Band, the Eagles, Poco. Is there any more back in those days? There was a band called Poco back in the day that Timothy B. Schmidt was in, and he was in the Eagles for a long time. Actually, I think he still is in the Eagles. Um... And I'm not, and I'm not dissing the Eagles by any means, because the Eagles are a great fucking group. But if it weren't for Graham, they he had influence so much on the Eagles that that's you know you wouldn't have the Eagles if it weren't for Graham Parsons. Um, let me see, uh, Willie Nelson, uh, a lot of the Red Dirt, Randy Rogers, um. Wade Bowen, Crossing and Ragweed, Cody Canada, which is my biggest influence, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, um, are probably my biggest influences. You know, um, I like NWA too. Um, but anyways, back to the mental hospital. So, about the third night there, another side effect of the or of ambient is vivid weird dreams and um about the third day i asked the uh, one of the nurses or i said can i ask you a question i said they're like yeah i said was i up running around the other night she's like what are you talking about 
I said, I was, I just remember running up and down the halls, um, playing hacky sack or whatever it was. She's like, sir, you're, or, uh, Eric, you're in bed by nine o'clock. She's like, what in the world are you on? I told her all the medicines I was on because of my heart condition. She's like, what else are you on? I said, Ambien. She's like, that's what it is with the Vivid Dream. She's like, we're going to take you off the Ambien and we'll see, you know, what works. I was like, okay, whatever. You're the doctor, you know. Um, so, I, um, they take me off the Ambien. Like, two days later, I'm feeling great. Suicidal thoughts are not there. You know, I'm on the Lexapro. Everything, you know. Well, I come back home the, um, from the uh, mental hospital. Everything's great for about a week and a half, two weeks. And then I think it was another thing of listen, not listen to other people. And there's certain things you got to listen to your parents about, but there's just certain things you don't need to listen to your parents. You know, you got to find your own way. You got to be your own person. God invented you to be different. He didn't want a clone or to be somebody else. You know, I can't stand these people that just want to be like somebody else, you know, and follow the in crowd or whatever. Stand out. That's what I do. Some people hate it. Some people love it. You know, and the people that hate it are the usual ones that are following what everybody else is doing. You know what I mean? Um, Follow your own path. You know, I don't listen to what everybody else is listening to. Uh, I listen to jazz and they get mad at me at work because they'd rather listen to Florida fucking Georgia line. I'm sorry, but that's just not good music in my opinion. But whatever, you know, whatever. Anyways, so I go back home. I said, like, last two weeks or next two weeks was great. Well, mom's like, well, you're feeling good. Get off the lecture, bro. I was like, okay. Moms know better. So I got off the Lexapro. Cold turkey. Like that. Well, that's not a good thing because you don't get off medicines like that. And um, so about four days later. Excuse me, I got the hiccups. About four days later. This, um, the suicidal thoughts hit me again or started coming back, you know what I mean? And, um, or I said, but they come back like 10 times worse. And I kept telling, I was like, I've got to go to the mental hospital again. Mom, like, no, you just, that's just, you know, you're just worried. I'm like, no, there's something really wrong. I kept listening to my mother, kept listening to my mother. We got to the point where I was staying at her. Staying at her house, you know, because I was afraid of something happening. And this is when it really got scary, is when I had two pistols in the house. And I've always kept guns before this. Now I can't have them. But I had two pistols. They were unloaded. And like I said before, if you need help, call the suicide hotline. Somebody will help. Call me or message me over Facebook, and I will talk to you. So, anyways, um, there is help out there. But, so, I took, I was so worried about doing something, you know, killing myself, 
that I took the two pistols, which were unloaded. They didn't have no bullets in them, even in the chamber. And I put them in a different closet where I couldn't reach unless I got a stool, put a freezer up against the closet door, and then uh, lock the closet or lock the that bedroom off. And I was like, yeah, I do need to go to the mental hospital. So, anyway, and I told mom, I was like, something's got to give. Um, so, you know. And uh, she kept telling me, no, no, it's just, it's just you. I was like, no. I was like, whatever, you know. Like I said, I was still like, well, mom knows best, you know. And I'm not saying don't listen to your mom at all, but, you know. If your heart's telling you to do something, do it, or your gut. And so, what happened was, I was missing work. And, you know, luckily I worked for my family, so I didn't get fired. But that's, like I said, that's all I thought about was the suicidal thoughts. And, you know, and this and that, and just different things, you know. And that, you know, in different scenarios. and It got, it got really fucking bad, man. And so, anyways... So, I went to Walmart to buy groceries one day. And, I mean, I just broke down. I didn't know where I was. I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, I've got to get fucking help. So, I went straight from there to my... Or, I went from there back to the house. Just left the cart and whatever it was I had already picked up. Got the medicines that I've been taking for my heart. Told grandma, my grandmother what I'm, that I'm really close to. Said, there's something else going on. I'm going to the nut house. I'm in a hospital, sorry. And, well, I mean, it's the same thing. But she's like, well, you need to go because I, I can tell there's something wrong. So I called my mother and I said, I know you're going to get mad at me, but I'm at the mental hospital. I said, I can't take no more. I said, it's just flooding my mo- thoughts with the suicide. I said, I'll, I thought something's going to happen if I don't give. And so, anyways, um, so I went back to the mental ho- or to the emergency room. They said, what's wrong? Suicidal thoughts. Okay. Same options. Well, do you want to go home? I said, no. If I go home, something bad's going to happen, you know. I said, I don't care. You can keep me a week in this hospital. You got to do something. They said, well, we can't get you into a mental hospital right now, but we can. You can stay here until we get you. Can. Until, you know, we get an, an availability. I can't say that word, sorry. Availability open. I said, that's fine, you know. And like I said, I hadn't eaten. I hadn't drank that much. I said, it was just screwing up my brain really bad. And uh, I'm going to get some more whiskey, and I'll be right back.
Okay, I'm back. Anyway, so like I said, I left Walmart. I honestly didn't even know where I was or what I was doing. Went to the house, got all my medicines that I've been taking, you know, on a regular basis. And I went up and uh, to the or to the emergency room. Told them what was going on. They said, you know, it's gonna be a while. And I think I went there like at six, and I think they came and got me at three o'clock in the morning, two, three o'clock in the morning. You know, it was a long, hellacious night. And like I said, I honestly think something would have happened if I went back home. But thank God, like I said, this is all in God's plan. I'm a very religious person, religious person, um, um, non-denominational I go to a a non-denominational church. Um, But like I said, and uh, like I said, um, I sat there with a therapist and they said, what do you want to do? You know, you know, what are your goals? I said, well, I want to be a, Writer, I said, "What are you writing?" I said, "Nothing at the time." I what? I, I just started an, a novel, though, but not no songs. A novel. Uh, I am in the process of writing a novel called "One Last Dance with the Devil." It's about a girl named Prudence Mayflowers, and she. As an RN in this fictional town in Arkansas, that uh, loses, um, kills her boyfriend that comes back, goes to jail. F- it was out of uh, actually, I don't know if it's going to be out of like self defense or she just shoots a bastard, but it's um, and she ends up getting fired because of the felony. That she's going to have to go through. Because she spent some time in prison. And she tries to get her job back when she gets out. Because she's going to go for uh, to prison for um, manslaughter. Not actual uh, murder, but manslaughter. Because the uh, judge in the town is related to her boyfriend and some other shit, you know. And I got the idea... Shit, like five years ago, uh, from it was really weird. I was listening to a song off Chris Knight's um, Little Victories album called uh, Hard Edges. It's about this girl that grew up in a really alcohol environment and she ends up becoming a stripper in this song called Hard Edges. So, check it out. Chris Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T, not the Chris Knight that was in Brady Bunch. Chris Knight, he's a guy from Slaughter's, Kentucky. He's an Americana artist. artist. And then I thought, like I said, my favorite band is Ragweed, Crossing and Ragweed, which we'll talk about that later, or in other episodes of Sharky's Talk. And... um. So, anyways, um, but I was writing. I didn't tell nobody 
about this, and then it's about that song, and then Cross Canadian Ragweed's Sick and Tired is about, like, coming home after, you know, realizing that home's not as bad as, you know, you think it is. But uh, I've got, like, six chapters wrote of this novel. I'm working on it right now. But anyways, so my buddy, I was talking to my buddy, Brant. Shit, I can't, I'm a little drinking. Or I'm drinking a little bit, sorry. But anyways, I call my uh, buddy, Brandon Sims. That's like, dude, he's like, dude, have you wrote a song yet? I was like, dude, I can't. He's like, dude, just write about what you're going through. So I took, like I said before, took that girl's story and my story, what I was going through at the time, called a be and I, I dubbed it a beautiful soul, which is about like, you know, everybody's fighting a battle that you don't really see. So, you know, be nice to them. That's pretty much what that song is about, you know. And I took her story and my story and then made a fictional ending. And that was the very first song I ever wrote, which is where I wanted. And I think, to me, it was all part of God's plan. You know, you got to go through some stuff. But if you keep believing, you know, he will get you through, you know. Um, I said, I don't go to church every Sunday, but, you know, I'm a very religious person. I believe in God. Uh, but like I said, I don't, I try not to judge. Um, so, anyways, and then now I've written like 70 three songs so far and from country to red dirt to hip hop to blue blues I want to write a couple pop songs uh like the other a few weeks ago I was into a late 90s early 2000s pop mood Avril Lavigne Britney Spears NSYNC like I said before but like I said uh you know and it's just one of them things, you know, that if you believe in God and if you believe, you know, that he's going to give you what you want and more, you know, um, cause like I said, I just wanted to write one song. Then it went from there to five songs and the five songs to 20 songs from, tw you know, and I'm, and I've got like 30 something songs in my phone or ideas for songs, you know, um, I've got two songs um, in the works right now uh, that I just went down. Another um, thing that I wanted was to get acoustic guitar. I talk about if this was like where you could see me doing this, I talk a lot with my hands. But I, one of the things I asked God for was uh, acoustic guitar with some signatures. From, you know, really just local artists around. I'm from, like, the Fort Smith, Arkansas area. That's where I listen to a lot of the music, I, you know, that comes through. Uh, Fedville, and there's Little Rock, you know, and then I'm in between Fedville and Little Rock. But uh, just recently, I went with a band called De France from Little Rock. 
on a very, very short tour. Oh, sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, anyways, God will, if you ask God for what you want, God willing, He will give it to you, but you got to believe. You have to believe. And stay on Faith Street, because it may take, you know, uh, I, st uh, I started listening to Crossing and Ragweed, which changed my life in 2004. And it took me from, I was probably 17 at that time, to 29 to write my first song, you know. You know, it's a gradual process, you know, getting to where God wants you to be. You know, it, most of the time it ain't just going to happen like that, you know. So, um, I mean, I got, like I said before, I had the uh, suicidal thoughts. I was, um, if you're up or you're getting up every day and you just hate life, hate work, the routine, you know, you, there's something going on where you need help. And that's what it was for me for a long time. Um, and you, I've also had to find myself. You know, I think people do, you know, because uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I tried college like 10 times. That wasn't working at all. Uh, like I said, four years ago, I was on this journey or experience, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I've had more fun in the last four years than I've ever had in my whole life. Um, just watching bands, reviewing bands, uh, writing about bands, taking pictures, still shots of bands and artists, you know, and just different things. And, you know, and it just started. And honestly, how I started was knock on every door you can. Honest to God, that's how I started. Um, but anyways, with me with the DeFrance band, uh, they're from out of Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, if you like Thin Lizzy, ZZ Top, Blue Oyster Cult, Leonard Skinner, uh, Tom Petty, that type of music you will love. DeFrance. They got three albums out. They're about to put out their fourth album. Um, the first album called Home. It's more like rock and just general rock and roll. The second album called uh, Second Wind is um, more southern rock, like Stones, Stones influenced music. And then the third album, No Stranger in Town, is Americana, like Neil Young or Graham Parsons. So check them out. I mean, they're awesome. Um, they've opened up for Bon Jovi, Foghat, Whiskey Myers, Cody Ken and the Departed, a bunch of people. Um, so check them out, like I said before. And uh, also check out Chance Stanley, um, Pistol Hill. Chance Stanley is a red dirt Texas country musician. Or Texas country feel from uh, Marietta, Georgia, and Pistol Hill is more traditional, and from Shelby, North Carolina. They've got stuff on Spotify, iTunes, 
And if you check out Aspire Music Rider, which is my YouTube channel, Eric Stone is my name. Like I said before, I'm a little drunk, sorry. Um, well, I'm not really sorry, but still, um, um, check them out. There's so many good local artists out there, you know, uh, Rocky Don Jones, he was in a band called Down Day, uh, JT Hubbard, probably who out there's a bunch of other people that I like, um, but, uh, like I said, I honestly just started, uh, when I want to do uh, write reviews for, like, shows, um, I literally just said, if you're a new, uh, if you're a band from Arkansas or traveling in Arkansas and you want a review, let me know, you know, because I'm the guy to do it. I said, I'm just starting out. I don't know if you'll like it, but we'll give it a try, you know. I won't post it on Facebook until I give it to you and you like it. And I've never really had any problem except for an Elvis impersonator. And I'll talk about that later. Because um, to me, impersonators are like the lowest of the lows on music talent. I'm sorry, but that's just the way I feel. Um... But anyways, I went with De France. I met them um, about four years ago in Dardanelle, Arkansas at Front Street Bar and Grill. And it's like, hey, my name's Eric. I'm a new music reviewer. If you don't mind, I'll review some music or your show, you know. I said, I don't say anything negative, but, you know, just what the show was about, what songs you did, what songs you covered how the crowd reacted and just stuff like that. I said, I'll throw in some music facts along the way. So, and he liked it. Drew did the lead singer of De France. And, and it just been a relationship, a friendship since then. Uh, but uh, this weekend, I just, I went with him on tour for the first time and sold merch for him. We went down, like I said, I met him in Dardanelle at Front Street. And then we went from there to Little Rock, stay the night at his house. Or I did. Y'all didn't, but I did. Um, and then when we got up about 1 o'clock, we went down to Tyler, Texas at True Vine Brew Brewing Company. I had a glass of wine, a couple glasses of wine. Took some still shots, some videos, and um, um, tried pop for the first time. It was a cookie. King, no, I can't even talk. Uh, cookies and cream, um, flavor. I don't know, but it made me really relaxed. I've always been pro marijuana since I found myself. I'm gonna get more into, you know this and that later on in different episodes of Sharky's Talk. Like I said, I've seen like 600 shows. I've seen Hank Williams Jr., David Allen Coe, The Rolling Stones, Merle Haggard, Aerosmith, Cheap Trick, Crossing and Ragweed, Wade Bowen, Randy Rogers Band, William Clark Green, um, 
everything in between. The only thing that I really haven't seen is blues and rap. I wanted to see some rap artists and blues artists. But I've seen a lot of country shows. I've seen a lot of rock shows. Um, let me see what else I've seen. Uh, Willie Nelson four times. Jason Isbell. Cheryl Crow. Jason Bowen and the Stragglers. Mickey and the Motor Cars. Uh, I've seen like, like I said, 600 shows. I've seen like the most two people I've seen was Cody Canada and Jason Bowen. Reckless Kelly, which was really cool. I've seen them once. I love to see them again. And they did a version of Beastie Boys. Oh, I can't remember what that song was. You got to fight for your rights. Um, that's what it was. Um, and I love it when like a different, like a country red dirt band does something totally off the wall. That's what I love about cross and ragweed. Back when they were still cross and ragweed. Is Cody Canada, which I've met before. I want to smoke pot with a dude. Haven't got the chance to yet though. But, um... Anyways, um, what the, my favorite part about his shows or their shows was, you know, uh, the other members would go off of Jeremy Plato, Randy Ragsdale and Greedy Cross would go off and take a break and he would do like two or three songs acoustic and with their harmonica, and you didn't know if it was going to be Neil Young to the Black Crows to Tom Petty to, uh, Whatever, you know, you just don't know what it was going to throw out. And that's my biggest, my two biggest influences in music is Crossing and Ragweed and um, Grant Parsons, you know, Grant Parsons in general. Um, I seen the Stones one time and I wish I would have seen them after I discovered Grant Parsons. Because Graham Parsons got me into the Stones. Because Graham Parsons and Geese Richards were big, big time buddies, you know. And they say, now, I don't know for sure. I haven't researched it enough. But that Graham Parsons actually was background vocals on Exile on Main Street when they were recording that. Uh, whenever year that was, I'd have to look it up. I'm a little drunk. But, you know. So... Anyways, um, you know what I just forgot? Um, anyways, what I was talking about was Jesus. Yes, I know Jesus and drinking, but whatever. You know, judge me, I don't care. Jesus knows where my heart at. It's, knows where my heart's at. But anyways, um, if you pray to God and Jesus, you know, and, um, You know, you got to believe and stay on Faith Street. You know, that's another song I'm working on. I'm working on like 12 different songs. Well, I wrote like 35, 40 songs in the works right now. But, uh, you know, uh, one thing I wanted was one guitar. And I've said this before. Like I said, I do this on Just Yak and on my Facebook. Um, but like I said, I'm trying to get a broader audience. So, um... 
I wanted one guitar that was signed by a different artist. And if you believe in God, you know, and you pray, God, this is what I want if it's in your will. You know, he will give you more in abundance. I don't know where it's in the Bible it says that. Because I wish I could read the Bible. I mean, I can read the Bible. I wish I read it every day. You know, um, but like I said, I started with one guitar. You know, and now I've got six. You know, and I've got every signature from, or signatures from Randy Rogers to Johnny uh, Charles, which is in Randy Rogers' band. To do the Kentucky Headhunters, to Brian Head Welch from Corn, to uh, William Clark Green, to uh, uh, Bray Benson and Asleep at the Wheel, to Shooter Jennings' band. Not Shooter Jennings himself, but Shooter Jennings' band signed their guitar. Uh, Whiskey Myers, uh, Cody Cannon, uh, and. Five out of the Whiskey Meyer seven members signed my guitar. Um, like I said, you know, and I will get a little bit religious on it on here. All these, or not just Jackins, but Sharky's talk. But like I said, I, I do, I'm going to, uh, the next episode I'm going to do is going to be on Jerry Jeff Walker. We just lost him a couple couple days ago and I didn't even know he had cancer which was honestly I did not know that and I didn't get really get into Jerry Jeff Walker until I started listening to Todd Snyder because Todd Snyder's a big influence or Todd Snyder's biggest influence is Jerry Jeff Walker you know and the funny thing with Todd or with me is, you know, like I said before, my two fa- or biggest influences was Cross Canadian Ragweed and Graham Parsons, but Cross Canadian Ragweed got me into Todd Snyder because they did uh, Late Last Night, and there's another one they did. I can't remember what it was, though. There's another Todd Snyder. They just did... um. Betty was black. Sorry, I got hiccups. And Betty was white. But there was, I thought there was another one that they did. But with me, I think, like, Spotify and Facebook, social media, I guess you could say, in general, is good and bad. And, you know, and people always think about the bad, but the good thing, you know, like, Spotify mainly is, like, if you like this band, you'll like this band. That's how I found out about a bunch of the bands I listen to now. Mickey and the Motor Cars, Reckless Kelly, Josh Abbott Band, William Clark Green, uh, Bishop Gunn, a bunch of them. Uh, which I don't think Bishop Gunn's together anymore, which sucks. Because they were a badass fucking band from Mississippi. Um But, um, so, like I said, I'm a little drunk on whiskey right now. Yes, I'm buzzing really hard. Um, I love Tom Petty. Uh, I've been getting into Blue Oyster Cult. 
and Thin Lizzy mainly because of the France. Uh, been getting into jazz. Um, maybe next time I'll be a little bit sober, but I doubt it. Um, but like I said, um, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna jump off here because pretty much what all I got to talk about, like I said, I'm gonna, the next uh, Sharky's talk I'm gonna talk about. Or subject is Jerry Jeff Walker. You know, Jerry Jeff Walker talk or uh, saying uh, L.A. Freeway, which I think was a Gar. Shit, I can't even talk. A Guy Clark song. Uh, Mr. Bojangles is his most famous one. Uh, L.A. Freeway and Pissing in the Wind and Navajo Rug. And, you know, like I said, I listen a little bit of everything, you know. But anyways, this is Eric Stone with Sharky Talk, and I'll see y'all later.